Hello there, D&D aficionados and good peoples of the role-playing pantheon. Welcome to... Members from a Chimney. Part 2 A Crimson Nid podcast that will journey with four wayward adventurers into the heart of the Southlands, a land of mystery and adventure, where riches and dangers await those brave enough to cross the wild expanses. My name is Stacy, and my player and game master handle is Dagobah. The campaign setting is Southlands from Cobalt Press. We are using the D&D 5e rule set, and we game using Fantasy Grounds Virtual Tabletop. So, no more to be said. Let's just sit back, stay tuned, and enjoy. Welcome to session 15 and our recap from the previous session. It would be sacrilege to ignore the incredible events from the previous session. Who could have foretold what would happen? So let's review and see who shines and who... who absorbs all the light. It begins with Norbit and... Don't all our stories begin with this turtle? I was going to say not anymore. <laughs> Only the good ones. Spoilers, spoilers, spoilers. Yeah. Don't be long. Well, he done fell into the trench, unable to cross as nimbly as everybody else. No problem. His silk rope was still tied about his midriff. But there's a twang as the silk rope is pulled taut, the terrible, recognizable sound of rope that is about to break. No problem. Volan wraps the silk rope around his forearm, holding fast. Norbert lightens his load by dropping his gear and clicker. She's got some hemp rope. But... Then there's the sound of a slap and Norbert cries out in pain as a writhing vine grabs him and begins to squeeze. No problem. Thorn and Norbert catch the ends of the hemp rope as clicker manages to accurately toss the rope to them. But... Silence. Norbert drops unconscious. No problem. Clicker begins to scale down the trench and manages to wrap the hemp rope around Norbert's unconscious body. But the grappling vine about Norbert squeezes tighter and blood bursts from his mouth, his breathing erratic. No problem. Volan and Thorn pull the hemp and silk ropes and manage to break Norbert free of the vicious vine. But... Then, as Norbert is pulled up and over the rim of the trench, he lay motionless. You rush to his side. Thorn pulls his healer's kit, but... But it's too late. Norbert is no more. Somberly and slowly, you pull the massive turtle, your newest companion, away from the trench. With a bit of distance, you debate how Norbert would want to pass into the plane of death. Bury him him, embalm him, or leave him to the creatures of the forest. None of you know the customs of your ex-companion, and so anger aids your decision he'll not be food for the animals of this tunnel. So if fire's not an option and is too dangerous, into the soil he must go. Hours pass and it is late. Time to find a place to camp, but not before Thorn has a chance to speak a couple of words for the fallen after which he places his crystal ball, found in the underbarrows, as a marker on Norbit's grave. Clicker takes that crystal ball and replaces it with Norbit's shoddy sling, 
which seemed more fitting for the strange turtle man. With only three of you, the night is harsh, and so Voland volunteers to take the extra watch. He's not himself, he says. His voice sounds weird. His decisions don't seem to be his own. And so he greets the morning, exhausted. When the next day dawns, the sadness of passing is soon replaced with anger, as once again Dindelia the Dryad returns. As before, she summons plant minions to attack, but this time, Thorn closes the book called Dindelia with an arrow straight through her eye. Just beyond this encounter, the forest tunnel comes to an end at a rather plain door. It is still early morning, but beyond that door is a darkened 60-foot chamber with twinkling starlight. Between Clicker's climbing and Thorn's ability to catch falling baubles of starlight, you quickly solve the puzzle and a chamber lights up with images of the four phases of the moon. With the placement of the last bauble, the image of the full moon begins to change and shift. Competing colors of blood red and harvest orange fight to overwrite the yellow. The battle of imagery only takes a handful of seconds. The projection that remains, filling your vision, the harvest moon. And as you stand there, but damn there's something about that moon. You feel tranquility and a sense of, but damn, not enough time to understand this sensation. Then, the image of the Harvest Moon writhes and morphs, revealing another door. Will we meet the infamous Grandma Elm Twinkle? How about we find out? And so ends this recapitulation. That's good. That first song that was playing, I know that song, and I'm like it's driving me off the wall and i'm trying to find it <laughs> i can picture Would you like the me band. to tell you who plays or what that song is no i can picture the band and before this session is over i will find that band and find that song and then name all it. right all right but yeah well done he's a pretty amazing guitar player that's for sure oh maybe it's not who i thought it was it's not a famous band could be <laughs> The song is oh, famous? no, I know who it is. It's Ocean. John Butler. Is that right? I thought that was... Did John Butler do the, the Lonely Shepherd in Kill Bill? No, John Butler. John Butler. Yeah, no, I know John Butler. Because oh. he played... Yeah, the Ocean... Is that not the album? That's not the song. No, it's the song. Is it? Okay. Yeah. I didn't Sorry. think that was it. I thought that was... Um, Bogger. Well, can't say I rightly know. You're probably right. Never mind. Anyway. I do know the ocean because I've heard it many times in dance competitions, and I, I, I like it. Anyway. Anyway. All right. So, as you are curious. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah. I know that that's the YouTube video. So, Norbert passed away. He didn't make it. And so, we will probably hear something about some dude at some point. Some dude might come into into the story. But for the moment, beyond the parted Harvest Moon flora door, gentle music and pleasant scents waft on the air, you step into... What is this place? As you look about, you notice that you're inside a tree trunk that spans 100 feet across. The life of the forest assails your sense, senses. Motes of dust ca cause light backscatter as they drift past. 
globes of light that have an auburn tint hang in the air. A hand comes down on your shoulder, giving you a start. When you look behind yourself, there is no doorway back into the chamber you just left. Instead, there are two... Well, they look like a mix between the tree you had battled and the dryad, except from between the sticks and branches that make up their bodies, there is a silvery glowing light. These wood creatures stare back at you and they nod their heads towards the center of the trunk chamber, their body language clearly saying, attention to the front. Stay back, friend or foe. They do not answer you, but you can see that there is an assortment of gathered fae in this chamber. Uh, amongst this, in, of this assortment of gathered fae, you can see sprites and pixies. Uh, a strange silvery looking one you see another dryad a centaur a, sa- a satyr a, a dog um, this ball of fur and there looks to be well is it an eladrin is it an elf you also see a rather out of place there's a solitary human uh, he's on one side of the wooden chamber sitting with a group of smaller fae that are flying about him. He has fiery red. He is a fiery redhead, dressed in extravagant clothing with bright yellows, reds, many buttons and flourishes. And between him and the smaller fae, there is a velvet cloth with an assortment of what looks like beads. The man watches your entrance closely. Center stage, on a vine, twenty feet in the air, is an attractive female. Is she elf? She clearly looks more human than the other gathered creatures, except for the pronounced pointy ears. Is she a ladrin? Fairy godmother Saffron had horns and wings. This woman does not. She must be Eladrin, right? Her hair is a dark shade of green that has a single long braid that hangs down over her chest. It is accented and entwined with colorful flowers. Her orange-colored eyes are wide and shine with merriment, but her posture shouts confidence and wisdom. Hanging from her shoulder and draped through her, a crook of her arm is a cloak. So picture. I have to say, from the explanation, definitely mixed character is the Aladrin as opposed to the human. Yes. You, it, the human is clearly human, the redhead. Uh, his hair kind of points up a bit. It's not calmed down anything. It's, it's not a, a mohawk, but it's clearly gelled to point up. Um, well, sorry, you okay. The female, the majestic-looking female, is currently in conversation with a dryad that stands on the vine uh, beside her. The dryad's focus is entirely on your entrance. Her countenance spells anger. Her eyes don't waver from your approach. The green-haired female, with a commanding presence, her body language is harder to judge, but she looks... She looks what? Fierce? Like... She wouldn't say a thing if you wouldn't say a thing if she cut in line in front of you. She remains listening to the dryad beside her and pays you no mind. So um Thorn sighs and goes, Well, we have this stupid um forest tunnel and now we got this. Where where is the end of the, all this? I just want to get out of here. Don't you, Volan? Yes, this is... I'm uncomfortable here. Is there someone in charge? I'd like to make a complaint. 
notice that a lot of the fae about you, the tiny ones, they still flit about the, the human and his beads and they're playing with the beads. But a lot of the larger ones have um, stopped their chatter. And even the dryad on the vine stops the chatter. And beneath the vine, uh, plants grow quickly up from the ground of a sudden, bursting from the ground, and they weave together to form a throne. And the lady leaps down and lands lightly in a sitting position on the throne. Uh, tiny fae all leap or fly away as she alights, and they flit about you guys, uh, strangers uh, that they've not seen before, before they return to what they were doing. And I need you guys to give me a perception check. Did I roll perception then? Yeah, I did. Uh, yep. Yes, you Oops. did. Sorry, was not hidden. Wasted. <laughs> well, it's a good roll, though. Want me to roll again? Wow. Natural 20. Oh, come on. you got to keep a natural 20. No, no. That's, I have disadvantages. Am I affected by something? Exhaustion. I'm you exhausted. are exhausted because you stayed awake to stay on watch the previous night because you weren't there so you got, you got to get the exhaustion from not getting a good night's does, sleep does undead need to sleep <laughs> like not there yet Volman is still hail okay uh so she leaps down and she sits in the uh chair before you um thick thorn and uh Thorn, you don't see it happening. Clicker does. But all of a sudden you feel uh, something in your pocket. And at this point, the female that's sitting in the, th the throne speaks. Ancient law dictates that if one passes the challenge, they have guessed right. Even I, wearing this... And she indicates the bit of thorns and leaves that make up a circle on her brow. Even I, wearing this, must follow these traditions. So be welcome my to my humble abode, dear guests. My people, shall we know the name of these champions? Wait, they, they always cheer on command? Hmm. You seem to have a little bit of wisdom between your ears. Would you like something to part your thirst? Something to help in, to help soften the pain of your loss? Uh, I'm going to roll an insight check on her to see what, what she's trying to get at. Yeah, sure. Go for it. Uh... You look at her closely, uh, the merriment that you've seen in her eyes, is, it remains in her eyes, uh, nothing changes there, and she gestures with her hand, uh, and some of the fae that are not far from you uh, shuffle about in a tray of wine glasses, seems to appear from nowhere, and is brought forward by the satyr. And on it, you find there is three glasses of a bubbling amber liquid. Well, that's uh, mighty kind of you, but uh, I don't rightly trust you at the moment, all the same. Are you sure? Tis 
most excellent drink make you feel a lot better. I know what's happened. Thorn. It is impolite to refuse the hospitality. Well, you can go first. She called us champions. She must be friendly. Well, indeed, you passed through the challenges. Quite well, indeed. A few days, but still. Yeah, those challenges killed a friend of ours. I am not happy. Uh, they wouldn't be a challenge if they weren't dangerous. And it's not just a straight walk to come and visit my court. Volan, uh... Still. Would like to step up and politely grab one of the glasses and take the okay. sip. Clicker is also... Can you drink it? ...doing that. He does, she doesn't right. take a take a sip, though. She just empties the entire thing at once. Okay. Uh, after you take the drink, you feel incredibly good. In fact, you feel well-rested and revitalized. Uh, Volan, your exhaustion evaporates as if you had a full night of sleep. He does a nice little, like, uh, a, a nod of acknowledgement. Thorn, you should drink this. I might also add that there's a, there's a very important hint there, because if exhaustion can evaporate, that is important information we need to tell the alchemists. It is liquid. Okay, so we, we, we're fighting a liquid here with exhaustion. There must be a way to... <laughs> To eliminate it. Maybe just Coffee. heat up she the smiles. body. <laughs> she smiles at Clicker's uh, postulations. But she doesn't say that. That was, that was me. Oh. Yeah. Oh, okay. I'll, I'll walk up cautiously and take a sip. Because you said his exhaustion evaporates, right? Yes. Not, not, not her or anything, so... Well, you didn't have exhaustion, though. But your wounds, yeah, um, they closed up. Yeah. Yeah. And then she says, she watches as you take a glass a little bit um, more... What's the word? Trepidous? Trepidatious. Yeah, that's the word. Um, and she smiles. Tis interesting that you arrived through that door, took that path. Tell me. How did you accomplish that? And I believe you have something for me. She so she's saying that directly to me. To the, to the, the three of you standing there. Okay. Well, um, if only um, I would say that there was only one way here. I mean, I'm sure your fairy magic could uh, produce another way, but we could only see one. So that's the only way we could come through. Uh, what was the other question? We so have she something asked for you. <clears throat> oh, that's right. Uh, I don't know what you mean about having something for you, though. Did not Odithu give you something for me? Oh, yes, that's right. And uh, I provide the uh, resin to her. And uh, she 
stands up and walks up to you to take the pouch from your hand and she stands in front of you and as she's holding the pouch in her hand she kind of looks up at you guys looking at each of you in turn and she says and those others that follow that that tabaxi the two human women and there's a female dwarf they are your companions shall we wait for them oh at least you're setting up a trap what do you mean they follow yes there is four others that have just recently entered the glade strange so where she looks at you clicker uh her head cocked a little bit in that universal uh language body language that means huh clicker also cocks her head like a bird does I uh, uh, will say they're no, they're no friend of ours. Through the teleportation circles? Tis the only way I know to take that path is to take those circles. Strange, though. Tis why I wanted to know you took that path. It's... You're the first in a long, long time. They... Our slaves, slavers, slavers, yeah. and they exploited oh. us. Yeah, they're no friends of exploited ours. Exploited you, so you're not slavers as well. We were slaves of them. Yes, your clothes kind of look not all that well. Well, I mean, Clicker looks down at her, at her mighty chest armor that she got, and then the the black clothing beneath, and. Looks a little disgruntled. <laughs> I was going to say, well, I mean, they weren't the clothes we had. We, we found some more. I mean, I know they're, they're not all the rage. They look a bit old, but honestly, they're better than what I had. We are. You found those clothes? They're, they are odd-looking style. Quite old, I think. I mean, beggars can't be choosers. You know I see. where... The teleportation circle we came through leads to? I have an idea. I've never been there myself and I never will. But I thought those ways were closed. I never expected anyone to come down that path. That's where we found the clothes. And in the glade. found clothes in a glade? She just shrugs her shoulders, looks at her companions, did we? You know, just doing a little clicking noise and confusion. I, I mean, I, I will say that um, when we came through that teleportation circle, there was a, uh, a small opening with a pond, uh, a tent with some uh, old equipment. Uh, somehow we went fishing and and pulled all manner of strange items from from the uh, uh, these fish that we caught. It was uh, very peculiar. Uh, can you guys give me an insight check, the three of you? Sure. In the town? What if I say no? You don't have to if you don't want to. 
By the way, do, do I get um, my spell slots back? Is it like a long rest, this drink? Oh, yeah, you took your, you took the drink? Yeah. Yes, it's like a long rest. So I will, I will effectively give you a long rest since you took it as well now. There you go. Thank you. Uh, all right. So, uh, Volan, you are the only one that notices this. Uh, Clicker and Thorn do not. But you kind of see that her body tightens up a little bit at some of the things that you say. And she waves her hand uh, back towards the Dryad, who is still on the vine, and the Dryad jumps down. And she also nods toward the woodland creatures that are behind you. And the three of them head back in the direction you just come from, and they just kind of fade into the wall of the the tree trunk. And then she, that rigidness becomes more self-evident as her body, her torso seems completely frozen, and she just tilts her head as if she's listening to something. And the mischief and the, the merriment that's in her eyes seems to fade. She looks back at the three of you guys. The soft music that's happening that you hear in the background seems to soften more and more and the auburn light from the the large fireflies that are floating overhead brightens and it gets brighter and she walks around the three of you looking at each of you guys from top to bottom she stops her inspection in front of you thorn she squats down and she picks up something from the ground near your feet hey now careful my, my, you really aren't ordinary champions, are you? I keep getting that. And in her palm, you can see that she's holding a black scorpion. Uh. Is this a friend of yours? Scorpion? Uh, no. How, how did that appear there? I didn't see it before. And... As you are answering, you hear the someone coughing from behind, and the red-headed man, he speaks up, and he's like, oh, Excuse me, excuse me, uh, Grandma Elmtwinkle, if I might, uh, please, um, I would certainly take that off your hands. You can see, she looks if, at if you look, I mean, it's it's obvious from the motion, but... Clicker is is looking at her hand at the scorpion, and she's she has that classic predator look on her face, and just tilts her head left, right, center, left, right, center, and it looks like she's about to just lunge forward and uh, pierce pierce the scorpion with her beak to eat it. She catches that body length language from you clicker and she turns a little bit so that her uh the the scorpion is away from you as she holds it in her hand and she catches the redhead's eyes and she gives a nod and he he stumbles forward and he very carefully takes the scorpion from her hands and while he's doing that thorn you can't help notice that he keeps looking at you as he starts muttering little comforting words to this scorpion. 
So he's muttering comforting words to the scorpion, but looking at me while he does it. Yes. And then he bows profusively to, to ground the elm twinkle and backs slowly away before turning to sit back down near his velvet uh, material. And she says, That Ij Namuj is an odd one. Is that what he's called? Yes. Seems pretty rude. He's been here. Oops, sorry about that. I didn't mean to put that in. I mean, I don't understand there it. You go. Oh, there you go. Ijnamuj. She's looking at you as... She, or she's looking back at him as she answers, and then she turns back towards you. And you can't help notice, Thorn, that she's looking at your forehead. And you kind of swear that you can feel something like a soft touch where your horns um, where your horns are once more starting to grow. Uh, her, her glance then moves on to Volan and Clicker and she begins to smile again and you can see that her eyes are brightening up again and the music seems to get uh, uh, louder once more. Yes, certainly not ordinary champions. When she turned away and denied her the prey, Clicker let out a single click in frustration, and instead fixated her um, yep, I don't a gaze, there you go, on <laughs> on Elm Twinkle. Do she looks at you carefully. She catches your gaze. As she's looking at you, she then drops her gaze down to look at her palms. And she kind of flips her palms back and forth from, you know, her facing up to facing down. They face up and she raises her hands face up and she's looking and inspecting her palms. And she curls her fingers toward, uh, curls her fingers as she's pinching her thumb and index finger together in front of her. And she twirls her hands and, and brings her hands to her waist. I need Thorn and Clicker to give me a constitution saving throw, please. That was almost 20. <laughs> well done. Clicker, you managed to uh, stay, st stand strong, but... Uh, whereas Thorn, you uh, bend over and you vomit uh, profusively. You feel your stomachs turn in protest, and the pain reminds you, but only slightly, like those rods of the sliver that Lord Rishi's asshole guards used to use, but it's not your head that hurts. It's something else. Thorn, your horns and the tip of your tail ache, and you unconscious unconsciously lash your tail from side to side as you taste vitriol, in your mouth and throat. Clicker, you feel this uncomfort in the tips of your fingers and in your toes. They tingle with sharp, tiny needles of pain as memories flood your mind. Nibbler. Grandma Elmo Twinkle speaks once more. These you cannot have. And I would very much like to know, how did you ever get them? 
she's referencing the um, scorpions again? No. A quickling races up beside Elm Twinkle. Uh, he presents up two vials, and you can see that in each of Gram Grandma Elm Twinkle's hands is an ethereal shining substance. The strand that she pulled from you, Thorn, looks black. As she gently lowers it into one of the vials, the droplets of that strand shine with a dark auburn light. The strand that she pulled from Clicker is silvery, but is less shiny. In fact, it kind of has a dull look to it. And she places this into the second vial. Elm Twinkle then inspects the vials, holding them up before her eyes, and she mutters, Tis her. Savosi. The ancient key. So, um, are you go, Volda. Uh, seeing the Patriots, like, fall over, not fall over, but <laughs> get in pain, Volan looks up, what have you done to them? She looks at you for a moment, um, Volan, as the one who's standing and who seems very irate, and she's got the two vials in her hands, and she's looking at both of them. She looks at you, very calm, and Clicker and Thorn, you can sense that the boon that you have, that extra sense of health, that extra sense of being agile and speedy, are gone. So your minus, your plus twos that you got in your constitution and dexterity are now gone. Okay. So, um, Volan, uh, sorry, not Volan, uh, Thorn, uh, trying to recover, goes, <coughs> oh, oh, what, oh, what did you do? do and i pull out my bow and arrow and i don't fire but i hold it to her going i am getting sick and tired of this bs can you just let us be i need to leave uh mr dm how many denizens are in this chamber with us there are about <laughs> one second i will count them Just let me find the entry. Like more than eight. <laughs> We're fine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's about 25 people there. Uh, and that includes the human. Bolin, with his there... high wisdom, is going to rest an arm on Thorn's shoulder, <laughs> trying to relax him. <laughs> No, Volan, I am sick of this shit. We've been pulled asunder. We've been pulled from post to... Ah, oh, I don't know. It is annoying. I'll, all I want to do is go home, and all I'm getting is this crap again and again. If you let fly an arrow now, you will not have long. I will not have long before we are drawn and quartered. Look around. Clicker, in the meantime, fell to the ground, initially from the pain, clutching her hands and eventually um, giving into the pain in her, in her feet and just falling backwards. And as she lands, she's now crawling and winding. Something, something is happening with her head as well. Because she holds her hands up against it. Trying to make sense. 
of what these memories okay. mean. So she looks at you guys, still has the vials in her hand. She sees your anger. She doesn't look perturbed. And she says, My guess, please, if you will, do give me a moment to ponder this. This is very unexpected to see this. And she walks back calmly back to her th the throne and she, she sits and she, again, she waves her hand to that silver little quickling and he runs off. And he disappears really quickly, heading towards the wall and disappearing into the wall. And you can hear the sound of a disgruntled voice cursing. And as you hear this sound, there's no location to the sound. It just seems to be happening. Uh, or you just seem to be hearing this sound. And then a storm of vines, uh, not far from the throne, between about halfway between... It's not between you and the throne, but like like if you said perpendicular to the throne and perpendicular to you guys. Uh, a storm of vines bursts into existence not far from you guys. They writhe into a mound and they begin to disintegrate. And they leave a few leaves that drift on the wind. And there, standing there, is a shirtless dwarf. His chest is a reasonable collection of scars. He wears this black bowler hat with a two-inch wide stripe down the middle. His black beard is braided in an unusual way, but it's like most southern dwarfs. It's decorated with gold, and like all dwarves in the south, he's dark of skin, except for on his shirtless back, you see that the skin to each side of his spine is a shade or two lighter than the rest, and these white stripes come together at the base of his neck. The quickling uh, skirts about his legs, and he this dwarf tries to, to kick at this quickling and is uh, unable to connect. And some dude, do you want to describe any further what it, you look like? or Nah, pretty much nailed it. At, at the appearance of this dwarf... Um... Volan is still sort of frustrated. Oh, not Volan, sorry. Thorn is still frustrated, but turns to Volan and goes, All right, but if we have to go through some um, stupid fae stuff again, I am not going to be happy, and I'll have you to blame, Volan. And he sort of drops the bow for now, uh, and then looks at the dwarf and goes, And what the heck are you doing here? I'm Bruce. <laughs> wow, you, Bruce. Sound, you sound a lot like some uh, other person we had. <laughs> I'm Bruce, and I'm very special. It's canon I'm, now. <laughs> <laughs> He's got a lisp. <laughs> I'm very special. And uh, who are you guys? What are you doing here? Are you friends of Grandma M. Twinkle? I wouldn't call us friends. Would you, Volan? I think there has been a misunderstanding. And he's looking at Grandma and Uncle now. It would Please. be nice to be explained what has happened here. And and why are you guys being so rude? You, you're supposed to leave your weapons at the door. We are. You notice the dwarf is weaponless. 
what happens with with Clicker's thoughts and memories? Everything that had been disappeared is now back as if it never had been gone before. But you retain everything that's happened between. So what does that do to you emotionally? I do not know. Okay. Yeah, sure. I just want to know what, what happens. Okay. Yep. So all that swearing I did uh, um, is all not that's, happened? That was the vitriol that you've tasted in your mouth and thro- throat. <laughs> oh, thanks. Returned to you. Can I... Can I... Um, directed at Bruce. If you like. <laughs> <laughs> so Grandma Elm Twinkle remains sitting in the throne. She's got the two vials and she's looking at that for still looking at them, holding them in front of her face. Uh, one leg is kind of hanging over the arm of her, of her chair. Um, the noise of whatnot of the place kind of... Um, continues as it was before as she sits and remains in the in, in her uh, vine chair and probably oh I probably wait a minute I gotta add Bruce here to the booth <laughs> okay like it lifts her head and just sits back on on her heels. How could I forget? Why did Why did you forget, Clicker? It was this white guy. He took my memories. Oh, him? Yeah, that that was strange. You. Uh... You had a scary level of uh, purpose in your eyes after that. I was concerned. I was gonna find the black book that records my dreams to remember, but it's all back. I mean, is it? What's back? Uh, Can you tell me? The memories of my fiance. Uh, uh, okay. Is that a good thing? Yes. Well, uh, I'm glad it's back. How could he take that from me? Why did I agree? Clicker uh, clicks multiple times and tries to, to get back up, but she's clearly shaken and confused as to what just happened. Just a lot of information coming back to her at once, as visibly, well, shaken her indeed. She looks at Bruce, or Boof. <laughs> Who is he? I don't know. He is an unknown quantity. He doesn't look fey, though. Who are you? Oh, we... uh, 
and I look to Volan. We are leaving, aren't we? I hope. I hope so. But I still think we are owed an explanation. I think we're owed more than that. At this point, the lady gets up from her throne and she walks um, back towards you. Her pace still is light, uh, although you can tell it's it's something is not the same as it was before. And she approaches. I must know, how did you enter Savosi's realm? It is blocked. Do we have to tell you? Who is Servosi? Savosi. She is of the same court that I am. It is more legend than memory. This goes back beyond even my years, but... Us... Older ones know some of the stories. They talk about Savosi and three others. They are keys to an ancient prison that must never be opened. This, this is essence of Savosi you have. It can't be possible. Clicker and myself, these scorpions, are both essence of Savosi. The scorpion, the one that I gave to Ijnamuch? No. This. And she holds up the vial. The vial, so after giving the scorpion to Ijnamuj, when she lifted her hands up in front of her face and she pinched her fingers together, what she had done was she grabbed at something that you could not see, but she could, and she pulled it out from you. And if, for all intents and purposes, think of it similar to like in Harry Potter, where they pull those memories out with their magic wands, similar to that kind of thing. So that's what she pulled something out of you, and it was like an ethereal strand, and she put that in that substance into the into the vials. The the scorpion that she found beside you was an oddity, but isn't related to the strands, as far as you know. Right. Okay. So there's no connection there. Yeah. Not a scorpion that put in the vials, but whatever she pulled out of you. But what she pulled out of you is is clear to you that it's connected to the boon that you gave. Because once that happened, that's why you felt that vitriol in your throat and all of a sudden why that memory came back to Clicker of a sudden. So you feel less healthy, Clicker feels less quick. Uh, but what you paid has been returned. Well, I don't know this Savoxi. I mean, we spoke to other creatures. Um, this has been a bit of a, uh, a ride through some crazy um, hell park, if, if you were. And I, for one, uh, am sick and tired of it. If you haven't seen my behavior already, this is me wanting to get over it as quick as possible and not go through some sort of interrogation. She paces in front of you, and she says, Click, mm. Clicker says something. Yes, I, um... Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, 
it's probably relevant to re reaction. Um, I'm gonna sum it up because I don't want to do that in the in the slow mimicry voice. All of it. Clicker is gonna say that she knows the name Savosi. That um, the Nightmare King, who was the opposing force of Godmother Sephron in this dream world that we entered with her help and whenever we sleep together under special circumstances we're trying to find out why so if you're doing but, that i'm going to be trying to stop you okay sure so you, you're telling clicker to shut up of a sort basically yeah yeah no so she continues i won't well, she gave me back my memory. Yeah, and this, um, we have information that you're just giving out freely. Do you really want to do that? Put us on the back foot? Please, my guests, of a moment. Let me explain. As I mentioned, the memory, the story of Savosi and the three other keys is ancient. It tells of a, an archfey of our court who, now I don't know everything about it, but as I understand, this archfey, her name was Savosi, and to become, to help create this prison, they were shifted into the plane of dream. Or at least I know Savosi was. And in this plane of dream, her being was split in two. So that she would have no memory of who she was. There were equally balanced forces that were opposed to each other. To be in constant battle with each other. Over and over. But something is wrong here. This is her essence. And you have it. This is should be impossible. So, something must have happened in that realm. Something to cause an imbalance. Before we answer, tell us, you said there were four keys. If those are two, where are the other two? Each of the courts. That I do not know. I know I am of the Autumn Court. So I know of Savosi. And what is in the prison? She looks at you for quite a bit, Volan. And in the air, she draws a symbol. It's a symbol that you guys recognize immediately because this symbol was on the gear that you guys found. And she says, Long ago, before my time, there was a fifth court. Some might say they are the parents to our courts. But they were a cruel beings. They did not live on this world. Everything was, well, as the story goes, those that once walked this earth, the, 
the ones called titans and those that many like to call gods well, the story says that this court created them they were called the starlight court this prison holds them She continues to pace for a little bit. And she stops and she has a thought. These, you mentioned being slaves. Why were you slaves? I think it all makes sense now. Clinger looks to Thorn, waiting for permission, it seems. I shake my head. <laughs> it doesn't look like Clicker is going to speak over your decision. She's just waiting for a sign that, that she is allowed to talk more. And then she waits patiently. Thorn, I think we should share what we know. Why, why should we share what we know? This, this is getting ridiculous. How do we know that this person here is any, any more... Um, or any less conniving and scheming than anyone else we've dealt with. I would like... Can I insight... Uh... Grandma. Like, we've... Yeah, Grandma Twinkle that... You know, we've been talking to her for a while. Like, can I... I want to get a sense of, like... Is she, is she, she's a fae, so I have to take this as a grain of salt. But is she, like, good? <laughs> you can do your check b between the stories that you know from your tribe and what you're looking to garner then I would say you could probably do that at advantage and while Clicker is looking at Thorn for confirmation she tries to figure out if, if Thorn is saying that because he's actually just annoyed or if there is something more if he's perhaps trying to hide something um okay I'm not I mean you can roll <laughs> I, I guess the, that... out, out the open would probably be good okay ooh 22 versus a 14 Plus what though um but no I'm not um so Thorn you can see is flustered frustrated and annoyed by having to deal with another entity that uh is uh, speaks in riddles speaks in riddles he is just like every, every entity he's had to deal with uh, so far has not been plain uh, has been not been a plain speaker and um, we always seem to lose something in the exchange so he is trying his best to avoid this again uh, and he's not happy that something that was freely given to us um, to clicker and thorn by uh, Savosi has been unfreely taken away from us so if you can get all that from in from the insight check then there you go mm -hmm. his body his body language speaks volumes after knowing him for the last four months Whereas you, Volan, you look at her trying to garner something, but you just, it, she's an unreadable book. 
that was a roll of a one and a ten. So she's a fake queen. I mean, <laughs> she's she stops pacing and she looks at you guys for a bit. She has the two vials in in one of her hands, and she says, "These assassins must be returned, and if it's returned." I am willing to grant a boon to the two of you as payment for what you've done. I do apologize, but this imbalance, that prison can never be opened. And what what lies in this prison? What is so horrible that it has to be locked away in the Fae? The Fifth Court. Fifth God, what? Uh, he, he's just grumbling and frustrated, even though she's kind of being fairly plain speaking at the moment. Bruce is going to sidle over to Thorn. So he sidles over to Thorn and says, "Hey, dude." I know they talk in riddles, and I know it's really annoying. I find it's just easier to sit there shut up until they tell you what they want, and if you don't like it, you just leave. I've been here for for a couple of weeks now. I haven't said much, and they still haven't answered my questions. Well, that's what I was trying to do now, but uh, uh, I'm not leaving without my friends. And, I mean, I've had to deal with this. This is not the first time in the last two weeks. (laughs) Dwarf called Bruce The key is yours, Dwarf As long as you give aid to these three It would be well to see the strength of Heidelheim once more It has been long since one of yours has visited I will give that key if you give aid And if you return these And she looks at you, Volan And Thorn And Clicker if you turn these to, what did you say their names were? Saffron? Nightmare King? Return these to each of them, privately. I will return and give you a boon. I will even take you back to your home. I'm Mick and I play Norbit. Hi, my name is Ryan, also known as Unlucky Geek on Mixer. I'll be playing the Trollkin Warlock named Valen. Hello, my name is Atua, and I will be playing Thorn of the Tiefling Bar. This is Ivan, I'm 28, and I'm the community manager of Hammerdog Games. And I'm going to be playing Clicker, a Ravenfolk locksmith. And then there is me. I am Dagaba, and you're listening to a Crimson Nib podcast. You can follow me on Twitter at Crimson Nib or at Facebook.com slash Crimson Nib. If you've enjoyed what you've heard, please rate and review me on Google Podcasts, iTunes, or wherever you get your podcasts. So until next time, good people, adieu.